0: Welcome to the EV Ready Podcast, featuring industry leaders and their perspectives on electrification, hosted by EV Ready Energy. Hey everybody, this is Chris Nye and welcome to the EV Ready Podcast. With me today, I have General Manager of Retail Market Development, Ken Parkman of Toyota Motors, North America. But Ken, thanks so much for taking the time.
1: No, i happy, happy to be here.
0: So obviously we we have a relationship working previously and in this space I think it's so hard to find companies who really value partners I, you know I think sometimes it's said out loud but it's not necessarily acted on and you know just been grateful for our relationship so far and and I I'd love you know if maybe you could kick off the podcast talking about Toyota's approach to having partners
1: yeah no I'd be happy to I mean I I think I think a lot of it starts with just the culture of Toyota here in North America. I mean, we we have a really long-standing relationship and partnership with our our dealer network, and I think that's really where it starts. Our our top management many, many years ago really valued the importance of the dealers and the importance of working closely with the dealers to support them cuz ultimately they're the ones that, you know, take care of the experience for the customers. So, you know, over the, you know, 60 plus years Toyota's been here in, in North America, you know, that, that culture exists, you know, today, you know, every, everything that we do as a company that impacts the dealers, we get the dealers involved in what we're working on or we're, we're developing because we want to make sure that, that, it's something that's going to help them. And, you know, I, again, that, that partnership that we have, I would say, and knowing a lot of dealers that have other brands the relationship with Toyota and Lexus is is a great one. It's special and it's very different from some of the other OEMs. And, you know, that's that that culture that we have of the relationship with our dealers, I think extends, as you were asking, to the dealer partners that that we have when we that we work with. You know, in 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 my case, you know, in market retail market development, we're responsible for dealer facilities and Supporting our regions and supporting our dealers, and that's one of the things that, you know, when we were trying to figure out how to get our dealers ready to, to, to start selling the BZ4X and the RZ on the Lexus side, you know, we we first started by looking at what the other OEMs were doing in the space of BEV readiness, and you know, as as people that work for Toyota, we are definitely not experts. In the EV space, and we, we quickly knew that, and the, the one common thing that we found in all the other OEMs is they had partnered with a company that does specialize in battery electric, not just in automotive space and other spaces. And that, that's really where you know we started to work closely with Lane Valente and then also Chargepoint to be able to try to put together you know a, a program that we could offer our dealers to make it as seamless as, as possible. But, you know, the last thing, you know, I'll also add on this partnership is one of the things that, you know, early on that we communicated to both LBI and, and ChargePoint was that, you know, we're all working together and we all need to kind of be one when we're communicating and supporting our dealers. Because any third party company that we we partner with to support our dealers and we go and we visit the dealers, a lot, the, the dealers really look at. You know, obviously Toyota, but also the business partners, as as a part of Toyota, and you know, we we want the experience that the dealers have to be as as good as it could be. So, you know, it's it's I know it's a long winded answer, but you know, I I think we just have a a culture that we built on many many years of the importance of a partnership. It's great that it continues, you know, today.
0: It's just interesting because I think in the automotive space, people people know that like Toyota's reputation is that they're great to work with. Toyota and Lexus are two great companies to work with. Very very unique in how they go about doing business. But I don't think like the general population knows that. You know they they more understand like some of the values that Toyota has tied to the cars that you're selling and the reliability of the cars. But the approach to business I think is just like so unique and not fully understood outside of of the automotive space, at least I personally didn't know. Yeah, until until Toyota kind of Toyota and I developed a good relationship. So tell me this, and this isn't just an EV question. And my apologies, I'm going to open the store in a second, but I keep going. Once I do, y- your role of manager of retail market development. What are like the biggest challenges that you face on a daily basis?
1: Well, it, it's a great question because obviously we all know in the automotive space how how BEV is the you know the number one thing that everyone wants to talk about, and I think over the last couple of years there's been a lot of questions in, internally by dealers in terms of you know dealership of the future. What should the dealers be doing? You know, we have our our current facility program which we call Image USA two, and it's been around for 20 years, and you know I, we feel strongly that the the look and feel of our Toyota dealerships. Has many more years to to come with the you know the white portal and the the gray ACM. So that's the exterior of the facility. But you know we're internally trying to to work and figure out what should that facility of the future be. Now that you've got you know dealers starting to sell BEVs in terms of you know should there be more space internally in the dealership for people to come and hang out and charge and have a lounge or. Th- th- those are all things that we're we're still trying to figure out. You know, our, our hope is that over the next probably six to nine months, that we'll have a better idea of some more solid recommendations for our dealers, as you know, volume will increase for us over the you know probably the next two three years. But the other the other challenge that I've learned over the last couple years in trying to work with dealers to get them. Just with the minimum number of chargers to to take care of the launch of BZ it is is just how complex and there's so many factors outside of the dealer's control in terms of permitting and city codes and the current electric in, you know grid in in a specific dealer's town or whatever. There's there's so many factors that are out there and you know again trying to figure out you know what that future recommended guideline to our dealers is is something that, you know, we know is going to be impactful. We know our dealers, we gotta have them be ready, but what, what's realistic to ask of them? And I think that's that's something that, you know, if you ask me what keeps me up at night, that I would say it's that, you know, not really knowing exactly what we should offer our dealers. Cause we want a good customer experience, but we also don't want to ask too much of our dealers.
0: Yeah. So that's a great transition to the, to the next question. You've seen different auto manufacturer strategies tied to progression around how many plugs to install at, at dealerships. And there are some OEMs that have acquired a you know, million dollars in investment. And that's had a certain response from the dealer body. Uh, Toyota took a much more conservative approach Tell us a little bit about how you came to that approach, and what do you think the response has been from the dealers? Yeah,
1: no, so yeah, our approach was was definitely unique, and it was a little bit different for Toyota and Lexus. So I'll I'll start first with Toyota. You know, from a government regulations, you know, we needed to ensure that we were selling the BZ4X in our in the Zev states that are out there, mainly you know California, the Northwest, and the East Coast. So we took the approach that we were going to, from a company standpoint, take 85% of the volume initially was going to go to the Zev states and then 15% to the non Zev states. Well, for us, you know, we have 1,237 Toyota dealers. And if you look at the Zev states, there's only 375 dealers that are in the Zev states and the over 850 or so are non Zev. So, Knowing that that was going to be the allocation and volume that those dealers could expect over the first couple of years, and and our volume for last year, you know, we sold eighty eight hundred BZ four Xs, and our volume for this year and even in twenty five is still relatively low. It's in the low teens. So knowing that, and looking again, as you mentioned, at what some of the other OEMs had required dealers of adding a lot of level three chargers and you know, uh, you know, a a pretty significant investment. You know, we worked with our dealers, got feedback and said, you know, Hey, as a minimum, what would we recommend? And, and, and really it was simple. We wanted to have one charger Toyota branded in the front of the dealership to create awareness. We wanted the dealer to have one charger in service. And then we wanted to have one charger that the dealers would be selling in delivery for an at-home charger. So those, those three, Chargers and they were level two chargers again in the Zev states, if dealers wanted to opt for for level three, you know G c fast chargers they could, but that was not a not a requirement so if you look at average dealer investment in our Zev states for Toyota, it was roughly average dealers spent thirty six thousand dollars on the non zev side, it was about twenty one thousand so it was a very minimal investment, but again, knowing the volume. Being minimal for these first couple years, we we didn't want to have the dealers you know overinvest because again the technology and in, in level three chargers is changing. So I would hate you know we didn't want the dealers to invest in technology and equipment today that three years from now they needed to upgrade. And Lexus was a little bit different just because the volume of Lexus was a little bit was higher, and there there's only two hundred forty four. Lexus outlets, so the throughput and volume for Lexus is was higher for Toyota. So that you know, Lexus their average was about three level two chargers for each of the respective stores. Obviously, Zeb states had a little bit more. So again, that was really our strategy. We wanted to be realistic. We didn't want the dealers to overinvest, but we knew it was also a short term. It was really a strategy for that was going to get us the first three years. And then now, as I mentioned earlier, that's these next six to nine months is our plan to develop that next phase pair of the dealers, really for the volume that's going to come in twenty six.
0: And just just for folks that aren't in the industry, ZEV is a zero emission vehicle state where there's a requirement to sell a certain amount of electric vehicles at a dealership in those states. So Ken, generally what we see in the marketplace is luxury models electrify first, and then as the cost of the the gas vehicle gets a little bit lower, those take a little bit longer to electrify. Talk to us a little bit about the strategy of Alexis electrification efforts versus Toyota.
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, you know the the cost of EVs is is much higher. Than, so I think you know mainly the the luxury industry is certainly seeing more of a focus and and really. We're seeing that, you know, on Lexus when it comes to their future product, and that's why, as I mentioned, you know, for example, RZ launched this year, and there were sales of fifty three hundred. The next year's volume is going to be around fourteen thousand, and then it's going to go up to about forty plus thousand. So the Lexus volume over the next couple of years is certainly going to increase. And on a by dealer basis, again, that put through a much smaller number of stores is a is a significant amount of the volume and. You know, the current plan right now from a company standpoint is by, you know, 2035, so 12 years from now, roughly, that 100% of Lexus Vali will be. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of things that could change. I mean, you know, we're all banking on, you know, BEVs are are what people want, but there's also a cost associated with it. So that's really the focus, you know, from a product standpoint has really started more on the luxury side for Lexus. And then obviously on Toyota, you know, we've got our BZ model. There's plans, you know, we're going to get a minor change, some minor changes to that vehicle in 2025. So it's going to be another year. And then the future product cadence after that on Toyota. So really our focus getting into the world of BEVs, I I know many would say that we're a little late to the party, but, you know, we're, we're going to, focus on the, on the Lexus side to compete on, on luxury. And then obviously now that we, we've got a Toyota to offering.
0: So to your point, you know, there is a reputation sometimes for Toyota of electrification being a little bit more slower than some of the other brands, but you also have a heavier mix of hybrids and plug-in hybrids as a part of your strategy, I think, than other car manufacturers are focusing on. And I think part of that story is a little bit misunderstood, you know, in the general public, but it's part of it's about the idea of like decarbonizing the world and what's the strategy. And is the best thing to decarbonize to have fully battery electric vehicles or is it to have a mix of different types of electric vehicles? Can you talk to us a little bit about how Toyota thinks about that?
1: No, it's that's a it's a great point. And and again with all the focus on B E V. We've been selling hybrids for 20 plus years. We, you know, with the Prius launching in the mid nineties. Um, and, you know, we've sold millions of hybrids over the years. It's been a great, a great vehicle for us. And it, you know, it's the environmental impacts of, of hybrids. And, you know, now that we also have plug-in hybrids and we also have hydrogen, we've got the Mirai, which is sold in California, obviously in small volume. So, you know, when you look at our product offering, we've got, you know, ice engines, we've got plug-in hybrids, we've got hybrids, we've got BEVs now, and then we also have hydrogen rye. You know, we 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 call our approach a portfolio approach. And, you know, we're not putting all of our focus just on BEV or just on hybrids, because we know that there's people out there that, that want certain things. But when you look at the carbon footprint, you know, and I'll share something with you that you, you may have heard of or not, but It's something that we're trying to communicate out to a larger audience is, you know, with so much focus on EVs, and if you look at the raw materials that are needed to build one BEV, you know, we have this one 690 rule that, you know, that's out there. And and really what that's saying is the raw materials that it takes to make just one battery electric vehicle, you could actually build six plug-in hybrids. And if you look at those same resources for one battery electric, you could build 90 hybrid vehicles. And if you look at the carbon footprint and the impact of those large number of vehicles that are out there that are, are much better for the environment, it's it's very positive. But you know, I, I know a lot of people are just focused on BEV. And that, I mean, there's some OEMs out there just putting all their chips into battery electrics today. So, you know, again, we're we're taking a more conservative approach. We've come out and said by, you know, 2030, you know, roughly 30% of our sales will be just BEV. But again, we're going to continue to focus on hybrids. You know, we've got over the last couple of years, you know, we've actually started to transition where we've launched new models to fully hybrid. You know, we used to have a, a nice, engine option in a hybrid. I think Sienna was was a great example that, you know, when that new model launched, it just comes into hybrid. And and that's really you'll you'll continue to see that over the next several years when we've come out with some of our new products, they're going to start transitioning. Even some of the higher volume vehicles are going to transition into just hybrid offering, which from our standpoint again, we feel is is much better for the environment. It's just, I think Unfortunately, most people are just focused on they just hear BEV, and that's that's all anyone talks about. It's like the only way to to help the environment is to have more battery electrics. But we just need to help educate people a little bit more on the fact that hybrids and plugins are, are very impactful in a positive way.
0: Yeah, I just thought it was so interesting to to hear this. Is like you know, I developed a relationship with Toyota because. Look, I'm a BEV fan. I will never drive anything but a battery electric vehicle. I love the performance of it. I'm addicted to it, and all those different things. But there's so many discussions about, you know, the environment as it relates to electric vehicles, and it's turned like it's turned into a political thing. And and I think the way that Toyota speaks about it is very unique in the industry, and is is worth people listening to. So I just I'm happy that to to hear you kind of explain that. And Just out of curiosity, if people wanted to like learn more about Toyota's decarbonization plans, like where would you go? There, there's information on Toyota.com, and
1: I mean, I, I'd be happy after this. I mean, I'll, I'll be happy to forward you the the document that our government affairs document put together to to help educate not only our team members that work for Toyota and Lexus, but all our, our our dealers as well. So, yeah, no, I, I'd be happy to to forward some material that we have, you know, we've developed and, you know, it's public information, but, you know, I, I think if you, again, if you look at from an environmental standpoint, you know, you can go on twitter.com and it'll talk about a lot of the things that we're doing. There's a lot of environmental programs. I mean, Twitter has this 2050 environmental global plan, you know, obviously BEVs are one part of it, you know, in speaking about environmental efforts, one thing I'll just touch on real quickly is Two years ago, we know a lot of our dealers are reinvesting in their facilities. And many, when they originally built, were focused on lead, environmentally friendly dealership and facility. And, you know, there, there's a lot of lead environmental facilities, non automotive, that, that are out there in, in cities and towns. But we just created a program called DEEP, which is our dealership environmental excellence program that is starting to gain some traction. You know, we've got about 65 dealers signed up. Our hope is to get to maybe 200 by the end of the year. But that's, that's a program that we've partnered with, you know, a company called Altura that goes out there and sits down with a dealer and looks at all, you know, they're from electric to water to, you know, all their utilities, talks about solar, talks about LED light. I mean, there's so many things that, that a dealer can do to modernize their facility, to make it more environmentally friendly. And, you know, it's it's a program that Honda had been doing for quite a few years. They also have used Altura, but, you know, it's something that we've started and it's been really well received from our dealers. You know, the savings that dealers have been able to recognize over just the first year or two years on the program have been really, really positive. So, again, from an environmental standpoint you know toyota is very environmentally friendly very conscious so we've got our focus on our future product but we also you know are are looking to figure out how can we help our dealers with their facility and and being more environmentally friendly
0: yeah obviously so many dealerships out there there's a big opportunity there and as like green economics become more economic i imagine that more dealers will jump on board
1: yeah and and you know the, the the investment for the dealers you know it there's a fee associated. I mean, obviously Alturas works closely with the dealer and on average the the dealer investment from the dealer standpoint is about three thousand dollars a year. But the dealers that have been on the program, the, the average savings has been anywhere between fifteen to twenty thousand dollars per store. So to spend three thousand to save fifteen to twenty or so, I mean, that's a pretty good deal. And and we've had many other dealers that, that have even saved more. So it, it's definitely gaining traction. Some of our larger dealer groups and some of the public companies have have definitely seen it as a benefit. We're, we're excited about it.
0: So my final question for you is, electric, not electric, what's the most exciting thing about Toyota and Lexus in 2024? Most exciting thing, 2024. That's a great question. What are you most looking forward to?
1: You know, I, I think the dealer, the dealers have done really, really well over the last few years. I mean, inventory, both Toyota and Lexus, you know, since, you know, pre-COVID. So let's just say last three years, you know, inventories have been in the single digit day supply. And, you know, I, I think a lot of customers may not have necessarily got the vehicle that they, they wanted. You know, they they took what they could. You know, we ended the year now, Lexus is a 20-day supply. Toyota is now at 13, 14-day supply. We're going to see inventory continue to to grow, not not grow, you know, to to pre COVID levels. I mean, pre COVID, our dealer stock for twelve hundred and thirty seven dealers was around three hundred thousand units at any given time. Today, we're still less than a hundred. You know, I think we see that getting back to maybe fifteen, maybe twenty days supply throughout the year. But we also have a lot of you know exciting new product that's coming, and I think there's nothing that gets dealers more excited and customers than the new product the the all new 2024 Tacoma is just arriving in dealerships now uh, we have an all new Camry that's going to be coming out this year you know on the Lexus side you know they they launched the the TX uh, which has been just a home run of a vehicle the new GX is mean, coming out you know uh, again over the next couple years you know our 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 BEV lineup you know it's going to be 25 until you know, we start looking at changes to our current product, but I'd like to see inventory improve. I think that's going to make it a better customer experience for, for people out there looking for vehicles. I mean, I got to tell you, I've had so many family and friends over the last couple of years that are, you know, wanting this vehicle or wanting that vehicle and they're going reaching out to dealers and they can't find it. And it's, it's frustrating for a lot of people, especially if they need to, or have to change their vehicle there's just such a, there's been such a limited inventory. So, I mean, that's, it'll create a better customer experience and dealers are going to continue to, you know, provide the customers with, you know, with, 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 what they want. So it should be a great year. Dealer profits, you know, continue to, to go well. You know, I, I think one other thing that you talked about earlier here, kind of wrapping it up on this kind of partnership is, we have a history of many, many years where we don't add we haven't added a lot of stores to our dealer network, you know, both Toyota and Lexus. I mean again, we've got twelve hundred and thirty seven Toyota, two hundred and forty four Lexus, and that's really the way it's been for the last several years. And we have the mentality that we want to grow with the dealers that we have. We want them to have the highest sales per hour. You know, we want them to be the most profitable. You know if they're profitable, they can reinvest in their facility. They can reinvest in their customers and their, their own people. So, you know, that, that close partnership mentality that we have, again, we want our dealers to be really successful. The dealers appreciate that. And again, I think it goes back to, to trying to, that winning combination is, you know, us working closely with them, us providing them the best product that customers want and, you know, them doing their job, which is giving the customer a, a great experience.
0: Yeah, well said. Well said. A good year ahead. Well, uh, Ken, thanks for taking the time to join the podcast and telling us a little bit more about Toyota and Lexus. And I, I know, I encourage people to go to Toyota's website and read their sustainability program. It's just you know, it's unique, it's interesting. And thanks again for the time and for everybody joining the podcast.